Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This time in verse 8, they're afraid and they say, Prophet Sammy, if you wouldn't mind, now might be a good time to pray. Not only that, but don't stop praying for us now. And they look up to God before they looked to the ark of God. Now, rightly, they're looking to the God of the ark. And don't miss this. Israel's at a place where they're getting their lives and their hearts right with God in this chapter. And as they're getting their hearts right with God, they're also getting a fight from the devil. Have you noticed when you're doing something great for God, maybe in something in your life, Satan is there to battle you tooth and nail. Who knows what I'm talking about? Can't get a witness in the house. Yeah. Battle you tooth and nail. Somebody once said, right after restoration comes confrontation. Right after blessings come blastings. Matthew chapter 3, you know the story. Jesus had just been baptized. We hear a voice come from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And then in Matthew chapter 4, the very next chapter, Jesus is driven into the wilderness to do battle with Satan. Even Jesus, after great blessings, was blastings. Satan never has a good day. Did you know that? He never says, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll leave Pastor Nelson alone today. I think I'll leave Pastor Matt alone today. Yeah, but I had a tough week. I'm going to just leave him alone. Satan will drive it in. Keep going. Am I right about it? He never backs off. He never says, you know, I think I'll back off of Calvary Chapel for a while. I'll just give him a break. Never. I always say there's something always going on in the ministry. And when stuff is quiet, I usually say, all right, something's going on. It's too quiet. Something's got to be going on. It's church. There's always something going on. Because I'm wise enough to know that Satan's always trying to wreak havoc. And that keeps me on my knees, on my face before God. Somebody need to say amen. That's where you need to be. Notice in verse 9, it tells us that Samuel took a lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering. Now, why did Samuel take the time to sacrifice? Because Samuel understood, write it down. Acceptable prayer is based on blood. Hmm? Acceptable prayer is based on blood. The only way to effectively pray is through the blood of the lamb. Think about it. This poor suckling baby lamb who never hurt anyone, who never sinned itself, had its throat slit and blood poured out and body cut up and carcass burned. Why? Because Samuel and the people are saying, this is what we deserve. This is the punishment that should come upon us. I think of John 1, 29. 
Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's through the shed blood of Jesus that we get victory over our enemies. Revelation chapter 12 tells us they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. Are you listening? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Samuel is offering, in verse 10, look at it. He's offering up burnt offerings. The Philistines drew near to battle, but the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines, and it confused them, and they were overcome by Israel. They were defeated by Israel. Okay, here's a parallel story for you. Judges chapter 6. Read that like in your own time. It's really a good story. Where Gideon defeats the Midianites. Why? Because God caused confusion. God will use confusion against his enemy to get victory. That's what he did here. That's what he did in Judges. That's what he did in 1973 in the war in Yom Kippur. Over and over, it's really interesting. We don't have time to talk much, much at night. But get the scene. They're at the top of the hill, Mizbah, sacrificing and worshiping God. There's a fire blazing. Get this in your head. There's a fire blazing from the hill, which the Philistines could see a mile away. The Philistines drew near, and Samuel is cool. Samuel's just sacrificing. Israel is freaking out, probably wondering why Samuel's not freaking out. And the Philistines drew near, but the Lord thundered with a thunder. The thunder confused the Philistines and so confused them that they were overcome by Israel. Note this, Israel is trembling, Samuel is praying, the Lord is listening. Israel is trembling, Samuel is praying, and the Lord is listening. And the thunder is interesting because one of the elements of Baal was lightning and thunder. God says, really? I'll thunder. <laughs> and my thunder will be better than his thunder. I'm trying to think of something else. But... <laughs> I like what King Jimmy says in verse 10. It says, uh, uh, in verse 10, King Jimmy. Some of y'all reading King Jimmy. Anybody reading King Jimmy? Just raise your hand if you're reading King all right, and, and, and in King Jimmy, the last verse says, and the Lord disconfitted them. Am I right about it? The Lord disconfitted them. I love that word. And I love that word, especially when it's happening to the enemy. It means embarrassed, distressed, unsettled, inept. I told you it's a good word for your enemy. So Samuel is worshiping God is working. Look up. Say amen. amen. Clean up. Say amen. amen. Lastly, set up. Verse 12 through 17. We just read it. Look at verse 11. Notice their courage is back now. Israel runs the Philistines down till they get to Bethkar. You taking notes? Bethkar means house of the Lamb. The day of victory began with the sacrifice of a lamb, and the day ended at the house of the lamb, Bethkar. Victory always starts with the lamb, Jesus, and comes to completion in the lamb. Think about it. Our victory started at Calvary with the lamb of God and will end in heaven. Everyone singing, worthy is the lamb. 
So the people are feeling courageous and they chase the Philistines. Samuel took a stone in verse 12 and set it up between Mizbah and Shem. And he called the name of the place Ebenezer. Now, chapter four, verse one, Israel encamped beside Ebenezer and they were defeated at Ebenezer. Now, this is the same place that God gives them victory. Ebenezer, if you're taking notes, it means thus far the Lord has helped us. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. I'm reminded of Psalm 46.1. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in a time of trouble. That word trouble literally means in a tight spot. We used to say that in Philly. We used to say, man, I'm in a tight. I'm in a tight. I mean, I'm in a tight spot. I'm in a place, a bad place. I'm in a a little predicament. I'm in a tight spot. The Lord is a very present help in a time of trouble. I heard this story about this little boy who asked his teacher in Sunday school to define a lie. And the boy thought for a moment, he said, a lie is an abomination to God and a very present help in a time of trouble. (laughs) Israel was in a tight and the Lord helped them. And set up an Ebenezer. An Ebenezer is a victory marker. An Ebenezer is a sign of remembrance. God has always set up a victory marker for his people. I think of Noah. The rainbow. Do you know that was an Ebenezer? The rainbow was an Ebenezer. It was a victory marker. Never will there be a flood again. The Passover feast is an Ebenezer. As a reminder of Israel's deliverance from from Egypt, uh, two tablets of stone to remind them of all of the laws of God, the tabernacle, the ark, the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, all of these visible reminders of God, uh, ever-present help are Ebenezer's. Joshua chapter 4, 12 men were to take 12 stones as they crossed the Jordan. You know the story. And they would have set up a memorial or a heap of stones in the Jordan River. And the reason they were to make a memorial was for the kids. So that it would encourage the kids to say, Papa, Nana, what do these stones mean? Why are they here for? That's our kids talk. Why are they here for? And the grandparents should say, well, sweetie. In our history, when we were in the wilderness, kicked in sand and swatting flies, many of our family members died in the wilderness because of unbelief. And after 40 years, we came to the Jordan and the priests put their foot in the water and the water went back. And now we're living in the promised land. And we set up these stones because God wanted us to remember that time, Ebenezer. So God told them to set up an Ebenezer to remember the Lord because God knows how short our memories are. How many times has your wife sent you to the store to get some milk and by the time you got there, you forgot? God knows. You, you forgot by the time you get there and then that gets worse when you get, as you get older. And then you start titling it. You know it's bad when you give it a title. It's a senior moment. You know you, you're in trouble. You get old. When you, when you tell your wife, you know, honey, what am I supposed to get? I said, get some milk and some bread. Oh, I was having a senior moment. You're in trouble. (laughs) Did you know that people who study this stuff say that we forget 92% of the information we receive? 
92% of the information we receive, and God already knew that. And in the truth, we quickly forget what God has done in our lives, don't we? God could have done something awesome last month. Something bad happens this month, and we freak out. God says, shut up a memorial, something that will cause you to remember me. God said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12 through 15, I have it for you on the screen. Then beware, lest you forget the Lord who bought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. And you shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around about you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. This verse has... um, I, I honestly can't, I can't read this verse and not have uh, uh, chills go down my spine. I'll just tell you this. I don't have time to tell you everything. Um, God used this verse to um, get me on track in a vision. Very powerful. So God told Israel, don't forget the Lord who bought you out. Set up an Ebenezer. Are you getting me? Do you have an Ebenezer? That's the next question. Do you have an Ebenezer? An Ebenezer can be anything. Anything that reminds you of God's faithfulness. I have an Ebenezer. My Ebenezer is my journal. I told you guys, I journal all the time. Probably every other day. If I go a whole week, I'm right in there. Sorry, God, it's been a whole week. I forgot. Or, you know, I've been crazy busy, Lord. I'm a big journal. I keep a whole journal. I've got one since um, 1995. That's when I started to journal. I journal all the time. And it's an Ebenezer. It's a good thing to remember. It's important for your kids to see, for your family. And Ebenezer, make memories with your family. You know, I've always been, uh, lo- making memories to me is very, very important. Very important. This is what we do. This is how we do it. My wife mentioned this Thanksgiving, she just didn't feel like it. She wasn't going to make any uh, um, uh, sweet potato pie. She said she ain't going to make no sweet potato pie. I said, What? Well, I just I don't feel like me. I was in that, but I ain't feel like me. And we get a lot of desserts and stuff. You guys are always a blessing to us and so on and so forth. I'm like, look, we always do it. That pie is our Ebenezer. <laughs> now get in there and get the Eben. <laughs> so we can ease her. It's important that you make memories and set up stones in your life because it will make your children want more of the Lord. Do your kids ever see you reading the Bible? That can be an Ebenezer. Do your children ever see you praying? Do your children ever see you praying together as a couple? That's an Ebenezer. Do they ever see you living out your faith? All of these things can be in Ebenezer. Somebody once said Christianity is never more than one generation away from extinction. It is important. Somebody say amen. amen. 
It is important that we set up an Ebenezer for our children. As far as we have come, verse 12, the Lord has helped us. It means that they're standing there thinking he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He's the God who guided them through the wilderness, a cloud and fire. He's the God who brought us miraculously into the Canaan land. And they set up a memorial and they said, listen, thus far the Lord has helped us. He's the God who gave victory when the sun stood still in the valley of Agilon. Every Christian can take inventory tonight and say, thus far God has helped me. Somebody say amen. amen. I complain along the way, but the Lord helped me. The Lord had to drag me a few times, but the Lord helped me. I can say, as far as I've come, the Lord has been faithful to Rodney. God has been faithful to me. And the memorial in Ebenezer reminds me that God will always be faithful. Well, in verses 13 through 17, the Philistines were subdued and did not come into the territory. And Samuel, listen, wasn't a military man, but he was a successful man militarily. Did you get that? He wasn't a military man, but he was a successful man militarily. Samuel was more successful than the best of Israel's generals. Why? Because the Lord fought for Samuel. Compare Samuel to Samson. Samuel was humble and spiritually minded judge. Samson was compromising and a carnal judge. Samuel seemed much weaker and Samson seemed much stronger. But Samuel was much more effective in leading Israel to victory. Look at verse 16. Samuel is the first circuit preacher. Samuel would travel and go about Israel to help settle disputes and encourage righteousness to Bethel, which means house of God. Gilgal was the place where the 12 stones were set up. It was also the place of consecration. It was also the place where they circumcised. Mizpah, great victory won. Samuel didn't fight, he worshiped. God got the victory for his people. He lived in Ramah, in verse 17, and built an altar there. Now remember Elkanah, his father, and Hannah, his mama, they lived in Ramah. Samuel's mama lived in Ramah. Y'all ain't know I was a rapper, did you? Don't make me freestyle. (laughs) Don't make me freestyle. (laughs) Then Samuel went to live with Eli in Shiloh. You know that in the temple. He was always uh, going back to Ramah. And it was in Ramah that he built an altar there. And the altar speaks of the place of worship. So if you want God to move in your life, and you want your heart revived, it's really simple. Clean up, get rid of the false gods, whatever you worship, more than the Lord is your God. That's a false God. Don't get the impression it's a little statue. Well, I don't have any little statues in my house and I don't put on a black robe and put candles around and I've got a pentagram on my floor. I don't have any idols in my house. Well, That's not what idolatry really is. It could be. That's one component. But anything that you worship 
more than the Lord is your God. It could be anything, education, money, sports. I know people who live for money. I know people who live for education. I know people who live for sports. They won't come to church because the game is on. I know people like that. Anything you put before the Lord, anything, that is idolatry. That is worship. And you need to clean up if you want to get your heart right with God. Number two, you need to look up like Israel, cry out to God. And thirdly, finally, set up a memorial. Set up an Ebenezer. So even uh, right now, Just think, and Ebenezer, what could you do in your life and in your family to set up an Ebenezer where you remember the Lord? Especially during this time and the holidays and getting all caught up in the wrapping of the presents and all of that. You know, for years I've always, you know, here was an Ebenezer in my house. Uh, Christmas morning, we wake up, the first thing you do is what? Brush your teeth. That's Nebenezer. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got to be creative with this thing. I ain't making this far lagging. I'm creative. <laughs> Set up an Ebenezer. And then, here's another one. Then we read the Christmas story before we open the packages. Ain't nobody opening no gifts till we read the Christmas story. Because that's our Ebenezer. This is what we do. Ask them. Because we put the Lord first. I've always taught my children to put the Lord first. I've never been religious with my children. Never been religious. I've never had an expectation for them to be anything but what God has made them. And watch me. I want my children. I've always wanted them. And now I want my grandchildren. Watch me. I'm going to show you how to do this Christian thing. I'm going to show you. You're going to watch me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be honest with God. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be truthful in my life. You're going to see a reality to Christianity in in, in my life and in my wife's life and in our home. I have no expectations of you and religious. We don't want all that. I want reality in Christ. That's an Ebenezer. And that's all you need to do, parents. The problem is we're talking and not walking. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Christianity is hard. It's hard to be a Christian. No, it isn't. It's hard to be a non-Christian. It's hard to walk in your flesh. You might think it's easy, but it's not. It wears on you. Living your life in the flesh wears on you. It's hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. Nowhere in the Bible does it say being a Christian is hard. The way the transgressor is hard. Walking with God is easy. You know why? Because he does it in you. He does it for you. 
All you have to do is avail yourself to him and just make up your mind that nothing's going to get in the middle of your commitment to him, period. We go into church on Wednesday, that's what we do. We go into church on Sunday, that's what we do. If you live in my house, that's what we do. Now, if you don't live in my house, you can do what you do. But if you come stay at my house, you go into church. I don't care if you don't like God. I didn't even ask you, did you like God? Well, I don't like God. I didn't ask you, did you like him? I don't care if you like him. You're going to church. And if you don't want to go to church, don't stay in my house on Sunday morning. Comfort Inn is right over there. The Comfort Inn is right over there. Y'all ain't hearing me. <laughs> go stay there. As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. That's an Ebenezer. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.